Welcome to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Shmini Rishon, the first Aliyah in Parsha Shmini. Our Aliyah is um, 16 psukim long, running from Perak Tes Pasuk Aleph to Tezain, and it is one of 91 psukim in the total Parsha. The topic of our Aliyah is of goats, calves, and the past. Let's take a look at this. The, the Parsha begins with that this takes place on Yom HaShmini, on the eighth day. This is a very critical moment in understanding this. Um, and understanding why this is such an important day. Let's let's jump straight into this. Um, so Aaron is called, the, his ch- children are called, and the Ziknei Yisrael, the elders of Israel, are called as well. And they're told the following. Aaron is told to take a Egel ben Bakar. This is a calf. And he's meant to bring it as a korban chatas, a, as a sin offering, and the ayil le'ola, the ram, as a burnt offering to bring in front of Hashem. But then the, the elders of Israel are told to take a seir izim le'chatas, they have to have a different constellation of korbanos. They have a goat as, the, as their sin offering, as opposed to Aaron, whose sin offering was a, um, egel was a, Calf, and then they he has a calf. They have a calf and a lamb as their all as their burnt offering, and then we hear about they also have an ox and an ayel for a shlamim and all the carbonos that are brought on this. Why? Why is this all happening now? Why is this all special? Because the Torah tells us in pasuk Dalad, ki ayom Hashem nira alechem today God is going to appear to you. So they tell that's what they do, and they 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 all get ready. They bring all their carbonos, and um, Moshe Rabbeinu says, "This is what Hashem commanded you to do." that Hashem's presence should appear to you. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu then encourages Aaron, he says to him, go close to the Mizbech and you should bring all your Korbanos and you'll atone for you and your house and the people. Everything should work. And that's what happens. Aaron starts the process. They split the, 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 the fats, the blood, the uh, the limbs, all these different pieces are taken to, uh, taken into account. And we hear about the dealing with all the various details of the Korban Chatas, the Korban Ola as well. And what happens, and and by Asya Kamishpot, everything is done as it should be. So very interesting, Ali. A few basic points that we should be thinking about as reading this, Ali. Point number one is, what is this the eighth day of? This is a, such a central word. It's actually the word that the parsha is called by Yishmi, the eighth, the eighth day of what? So the context is that this, as Rashi explains, is the eighth day of the Miluim, of the inauguration, if you remember. There was a seven-day cycle up till now, starting at the 23rd of Adar, the very end of Adar, where every day they would take apart and set up the Mishkan and various Karabonos would be brought and the, the children of Aaron would be sleeping there overnight and then they would have the, be inaugurated every single day. And now this is the final culmination of that process. This is the end of the Miluim process as expression. This is the eighth day, therefore would be on the 1st of Nisan, which is when this takes place. Now, why does Moshe have to tell Aaron to come close? So um, Rashi explains that because he, Aaron was somewhat circumspect, he was concerned about his involvement in the leadership of building the Chaita, the, the Egel Azov, the golden calf in Pasha's Kisus, and he's, he's being involved in facilitating it, he felt that he was not worthy of this, and that's why he is a little bit more concerned about coming close. So Moshe Rabbein has to say, no, 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 you should do this. This is, this is for you to do. Um, and then the question really becomes, is the following, is why is it that Aaron is told to bring a agel, a, um, a calf, and the elders are told to bring, in the third Pasuk, they're told to bring, instead of it being a chatas, which is a, a calf, they bring a seirizim, a goat. So Rashi comments that the, the agel that Aaron is bringing is to atone for the agel hazav, which he facilitated. And the reason why the elders are bringing the uh, the Sirizim is to remind them, as the Sifra, the Medrash Halacha says, of the um, the the chait, the sin of 
um, Yosef HaTzadik, where they sold, the nation of Israel, or the brothers sold Yosef, and they used a goat to cover up to, as the alibi for his disappearance. They used the blood of the goat to dip his coat into. So a few basic questions on, on understanding this. Obviously, there's a symbolism that Aaron is taking one responsibility, the elves are taking another responsibility, and we have the Chet Egel and the Chet Mechiras Yosef, both those sins being brought up here. So let's understand what's really going. So um, the, a few basic questions is that, is that why, why do we need the elders here again? They, 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 why is this necessary on the, on, this, on the eighth day of the inauguration? And, and like, why are these sins being brought up in the Miluim, in the, in the inauguration of, this, of the Mishkan? Like out of all places, this, this, seems like, this seems like a little bit of like, you know, holding on to the baggage of the past. Like, why is this so important? Um, and then even if it has to do with, uh, with, uh, with Aaron, and, but the Mechiras Yosef seems to be like, all, uh, you know, what's this got to do with, with anything over here? Why, why is this being brought up over here? Um, and, and another question is that, let's say they're liable for the sin of Yosef, but the goat doesn't seem to be the primary issue in the, so, say, the sale of Yosef. That happens to be just be the way they cover up the sin. So, like, why is that the central item of atonement if you want to use any symbol for it as well? So, these are just basic questions. I'd like to explore an idea of Rav Yosef Salant. This is Rav Yosef Salant, who lived in the, the tail end of the 1800s into the 1900s, and he writes in the Ber Yosef the following very beautiful observation he makes. He gives these joshes in Yerushalayim. He wrote them down. They're very, very beautiful insights. He points out the following. And if you look at the, the, those two sins side by side, first let's look at the sin of the Chet HaEgel, the sin of the golden calf. The way that it's understood, the, the, one of the most sophisticated understandings of it was that of the Kuzari and the Ibn Ezra, who, the, the, that really what happened was that, that the nation of Israel weren't looking to have a Zorah to, to have some sort of pagan deity. I mean, after all, they'd just been at, at Har Sinai. So what, what, is that, what could it be that, it, that they were asking for? Now, what it must be is, is that really what they were looking for was there was a vacuum of spiritual leadership, and in the vacuum of spiritual leadership, they were looking for some sort of way to concretize the, a tangible manifestation of the um, of the of the experience of Sinai. And so they wanted to do it the right way. They really wanted to bring the presence of God into their daily lives in a very clear way. Um, and the problem was that that it was well intended. So they really had a good intention to bring Hashem into their lives, but the the means, the vehicle was incorrect. Hashem had told them not to make images, not to do it this way, and therefore this was considered to be a real problem, a real issue. So let's let, let's understand um, how how, um, how this works. That that was the Chet Ha'egel. Then put that side by side with the Chet of Mechiras Yosef, the sin of the sale of Yosef. Now again, Rashi points out this. Sephora points out in Sefer Bereshis, the brothers really were well intended. They felt that Yosef was threatening the very fabric of their society. His ideology was was threatening to them and their children, their future. And that means that they really it wasn't just because they were jealous of their brother. They thought thought ideologically he was a very dangerous fellow, and that's why they were getting rid of him. However, once again, if they'd consulted, if they'd, they'd asked about it, they would have found a very different answer in dealing with this issue. Um, but what made the sin of Yosef worse, or the sin of Chiras Yosef worse, was that the fact that they didn't that, that they covered up, they didn't consult, and that expression of covering up was felt in dipping the coat in blood, making an alibi for this, not really explaining the rationale in doing what it was that they intended. Both sins, really, so to speak, good intentions in a certain way, but very very corrupt vehicles. Um, in that, if the brothers were concerned about Yosef, they should have spoke to their father, they should have sit down discussion, figure out what it is that they could have well, could have worked out. Um, so if you come back to our, to our situation over here, the, the, both of these are from a lack of consultation with leadership. If the brothers had just consulted with leadership, if the nation of Israel had just taken a moment to, 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 to ask Aaron what he really wanted rather than be making Aaron at the brunt of the, the mob and the masses, 
they, they would have understood that this was incorrect. They weren't interested in finding that out, but they, if they had consulted the leadership, that's when it, that would have been correct. Now, now what happens over here is, after all this said and done, Hashem says, you know what, that idea of having this Mishkan place, this place where you're going to see me in your day-to-day -day life, not such a bad idea. That's what we're going to do. We're going to create the Mishkan. But as on the, on the day that we do about to inaugurate and make it to the place where I'm going to be, what well, we're going to make a correction. And that is going to be with the leaders. It's going to be in the, in the face of the leaders that this is being set up. And the, the leaders are going to bring the kapara on good intentions and Ill illegitimate means while establishing the Mishkan. So Aaron, who facilitated the golden calf, is going to bring an egel because it was his facilitation. He tried to do the right thing, but in a certain, but in a certain sense it was incorrect. It was the wrong vehicle, it was the wrong way of facilitating it. So he brings an egel for the egel that he facilitated. And the people of Israel, represented by the Zakani, by the elders, are going to bring a, a Seirizim, this goat, for their not just not consulting and the wrong vehicle for their ideology, but also they're going to bring this uh, this Seirizim because they covered it up. So from here on inwards, it's going to be transparent. From here on inwards, there's going to be accountability. In this Mishkan, the way it's going to work is if somebody wants to do something, if they have really good ideas, consult. They're going to sub submit themselves to the authority, to the direction of their elders, and that's how it's going to work. Which perhaps could explain why it is that in, in, in the coming aliyahs, we're about to encounter um, two individuals, not of an view, who take their own creativity and that creativity goes overboard ultimately the disastrous effects um, this this helps understand the context in which we bring this first aliyah with this we conclude the first aliyah in the meantime have a wonderful and meaningful day